If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com/audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com/audio. That's carshield.com/audio. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, welcome to the talk show session, one-on-one with King Coco. As a matter of fact, we've deemed today's episode very, very important to the well-being of the black race. We've deemed today's episode very, very epic because it concerns one of the greatest uh, shows of all time, the Super Bowl happening in Atlanta today. Uh, I am speaking right from Atlanta, and I'm excited to just host the show, and I will see the commitment we have towards changing the narrative of the black race by changing the story of Nigeria. And we all agree to the fact that Nigeria remains the sleeping giant that has to wake up to take Africa to glory. Nigeria remains the sleeping, uh, the largest elephant in the room, which is slowed down the pace at which the black people all over the world will be able to pick up the steam and take up the rightful place in the scheme of things. So we look at today as a very important day because the Nigerian election is just two weeks away. And what does this imply to us? What does this mean to the black people? Africa is still in search of a leader. That leader has to be a Nigerian leader. The current guy we have right there, I don't know what to define him as. He came with the mantra of change, but has actually changed us in a very negative direction. So today, we are confronted once again by that responsibility to decide to make those moves, to contribute, and make sure that Nigeria makes the best decision of all time. By all time, I mean it because this election, 2019, will decide and will determine the survival of that country as one single entity or as broken up pieces that might make no sense to the black race. For the black world, Nigeria better remain the same. 200 million people. Black folks, I mean 200 million. That annual number, after China and India, Nigeria become the third country with the largest youth population of over 70% of its population being between the ages of 18 and 35. And that is what has turned around the Indian and the Chinese economy by how much direct investment is coming into the society based on the youth that are working remotely on site everywhere in the world. So this brings us back to the fact that this election has to happen the way majority of Nigerians want and has to reflect the thinking of the black race all over the world. That Nigeria for once, and that Nigeria finally will be able to choose a leader that will represent the black race, that leader that will be able to make the proper decisions, 
the entire black race as a whole is in need of a leader. The entire black race as a whole is in need of that Afrocentric thinking that comes from the late Kwame Nkrumah and a bunch of other people that fought for the emancipation of the black people. The entire black race needs the leadership of Nigeria to be able to step up annex all the capacity and potential of black folks all over the world, wherever they are, be it in Africa, be it in the in the Americas, be it in the in America, be it in Europe, we need to come together. But this is being limited by the fact that Nigeria has not been able to put its acts together. And so this remains one of the most important elections in the history of that great country, which is being held back because we've not been able to sort our leadership issues correctly. And uh, we're almost becoming a laughingstock globally, but I stumble. Nigerians, we got the resilience. We keep knocking, getting knocked down and getting up again. Just clean up our dust, our feet, dust, our clothes, and move on as if nothing happened. But right now, we have a serious challenge. It's the 2019 general elections coming in Nigeria. We've had a lot of Nigerians, we're almost uh, 5 million Nigerians that lives in America, first, second, third generation, have decided to, not just America, almost everywhere outside the shores of Nigeria, Canada, Europe, everywhere, UK, they're all together on this. And we all bonded to that the reasonable number to select. Our strength has to be felt. Our impact has to be felt. If Nigerians are remitting $20 million by World Bank estimate, which means we're doing three times that because you're not taking into consideration items, clothing, computers, cars, all of the stuff that we ship every day back home, which means we're almost shipping 60 billion US dollars back to America, back to Nigeria. That is a lot of money. That is bigger than the economy of half the countries in Africa on its own. So it's very, very important that the diaspora community steps up and take ownership and direct what happens in that country play a major role. We all agree to the fact that most of us have traveled all over the world. We have quite a lot of value. We added a lot of value to ourselves. We're still embedded in a society that believes in contract, that their laws are being enforced, which is what we need to take back to Nigeria. So this election is so important to the point that it might decide what Nigeria becomes after the 16th of February. That's just two weeks away. What can we do? What have we been doing? We want to be relevant. We want to play a major significant role in what happens in that country. Are we really ready? Yes, I know we're ready because I'm part of that team. I'm embedded in it and I believe in it because if we have it wrong this time around, listen, we're down for the count. And that count ain't going to spare nobody. And we all agree, the consistent survival of that country, 200 million people, cannot be negotiated. The collateral implication of anything going wrong, going wrong in that country, don't, you don't even need to start thinking about it because there's no country around it that could take the amount of refugees. The North Atlantic Sea that they're dying in droves trying to get to Europe is going to be triple that number. So if we're in peacetime and Nigeria is that amount of a serious issue, then think of what's going to happen 
if there's something serious that goes wrong in that country. We're not ready for that. So I set up this particular session today to specifically hit it down, take it home, run it back down to the end zone to, to really analyze how, what, why are the diaspora community doing and how can we equally hold the system accountable when we succeed in putting the right person in office? Let's hope that Article Abubakar that we all think has a solution to Nigeria's issue at this moment because of history, because of his precedents and antecedents and all he's been able to put together. We need to see how we can help him get there and as well as how we can help him, hold him accountable and to be able to implement the kind of ideas that we see all over the world that have impacted our world so much in so many ways, bringing tons of revenue as well. How can we get Nigeria to do this thing? Because it's all about the leadership. So thank you very, thank you guys very much. I appreciate everybody that's dialed in today, and uh, and all those that are listening to us on Instagram and yeah, on uh, on, uh, on internet and all uh, uh, downloaded versions. We thank you guys for the continuous patronage. You're on one on one with King Coco, running on Galaxy Talk Radio. Our platform is the t25cl.com. That is where a whole lot is happening. That's a story for a different session. I'm going to put that down as well because we need your continuous support, your continuous dialing, logging to be able to see what we're doing and appreciate it. We are not a very big company like my dogs, my, like, like, like Double Chief would say. We are just that young company that has a niche and a role to play in the emancipation and information of black race, wherever you are. So take this to the bank. The diaspora is awake. We are ready to stomp. We're ready to push. We're ready to call and hit every door at home to be able to wake up that realization that we can't go wrong this time around. There's no option of going wrong. Also, today is an awesome day in Atlanta. I'm right here in Atlanta, city of Atlanta. Awesome, beautiful weather. It's been so cold the last few days, but apparently today just came out so nice. that You can't even walk around without your shirts on. It's so awesome. It's the Super Bowl day. Patriot and the Los Angeles Rams. And slugging it out in another few minutes, because that game starts by 6 o'clock Eastern time. It's going to be an awesome game. I've been out there all week partying and hanging out with all kinds of issues that are going on. Atlanta has been what an, what an amazing city to host the Super Bowl. They've made the feeling to be very, 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 very visible as much as felt all over the place. Everybody is in a crazy mood just to have fun. I don't think it's ever been like this. Uh, television analysis has equally confirmed that they've never had a Super Bowl feeling this way. And I thank God for Atlanta being the city that where it all started, the soul of America. This is where everything starts. So I'm not too far from the fact that Atlanta is just recording another milestone where you all turn around the entire Super Bowl session to more of a carnival. And it's fun for the old, it's fun for as young as one, it's fun for everybody. A lot of creativity being displayed, a lot of food, sound of food being, being shared by people that have come from all over America and outside America. So welcome to Atlanta, the city of Super Bowl 53. And it's an awesome day and it's going to be an explosive game. But let's go back to what we came to do, which is bring Nigeria to the table. Help us put up just one thing that holds Nigeria back, leadership. Very important. 
the head determines how quick the body rots. So we are out here as diaspora people that live out here. We're supporting a lot of our family members at home. We need to take advantage of the kind of leverage we got. So we can actually pick up our phone, send out our WhatsApp message, and even send some extra card for people to be able to call your friends and go out there and vote. We cannot do it. We're thousands of miles away. But the job has to be done. Who will do it? How is it going to be done to make sure that we achieve a goal? So I thank you guys for coming on board. And I, I look forward to to talking to my guests who are present. I can see uh, IB uh, from, uh, from Oakland, California. And I can see Double Chief, who is actually the main guy that provided this platform at no cost to him so we can do what we're doing. And I thank God for it because one day at a time, one man at a time, we'll be able to convince one person at a time to see the need and support for what we're doing just to change the story of the black man. Uh, that having been said, uh, I thank God for everything. And I, I want to just uh, welcome uh, Ivy to just uh, acknowledge that you're present. Ivy, how are you doing, bro? Yo, my brother, how are you? Ivy. Uh, Double Chief, are you there? What's going on, bro? Yes, now I'm here. Brother Ivy probably went to sleep, so he'll be I waking know, up in a, in a few bush. minutes. Yeah, he, in the bush. yeah, he might have went out to the bush there and uh, do some bush things. And when he comes back, I'm pretty sure he'll lighten us with his infinite wisdom there. But I do have a, a question, since this is a political show today, and um, I have a question for you. A real simple generic question that an average person that that votes would probably ask <clears throat> okay we, we all know about issues in nigeria and it could be a whole list of, of issues just like there's issues here in this country now you're going to elect a a new president to come in and what we anticipate is that a new president will do something that none of the other presidents uh, that, that succeeded him would do, would fix the ills of Nigeria. Now, they all know what these ills were in the country. And if you go to Nigeria, like uh, all of us have, I mean, you guys are from there, I have adopted Nigeria as, as my second home. I've been there. And so let's just take one issue, electricity. Mm -hmm. And when I talk to, I talk to friends in Nigeria every week, sometimes almost every day throughout the course of the week. And then it can be on a, a video capture. And a lot of times they're sitting in the dark. When I was there in Nigeria in 2000, um, you know, we'd have lights sometimes, and then they would go out. Now, these lights just didn't go out because a fuse went out or a generator source went out. These lights were out because they were deliberately cut off of energy generation. 
And we, we can just stick to this one issue. And I would love <clears throat> for Brother Ivy to, to give comments on it, for you to give comments on it. One issue like this, and a president has not been able to do it or won't do it. Here it is, Africa, where you get more sun in Africa than anywhere else in the world. Why not set up solar farms to generate electricity? Africa is, I mean, Nigeria is a coastal country. You can put propellers out in the ocean and get currents coming and turning the propellers and you would have electricity generated, so much electricity you couldn't even use it all. Now, a simple issue like this, just to fix electricity, we don't have to even get into the corruption. We don't have to get into the clean water. We don't even have to get into the housing. We don't even have to get into the agriculture. We don't even have to get into the pollution in the air because of the standards of, of not uh, just, just pollution is all in the air. When you get off the, the, the airplane, the, the air smells like grease. They won't clean it up. They're letting shell oil coming in and just have just totally, totally pollute the Delta area with, with, with oil. But we're just going to stick with electricity. One issue that could be fixed right away. My question you, to you, after I've, I've outlined this issue, I would love to have the, the, the brother, the new president candidate on, just so that he could answer this. But I would love to get your opinion on it. How come, or what's been preventing the other presidents from fixing the electrical issue, just that alone, and will this current president, do you feel that he will fix this, elect, this electricity issue, or is this problem much bigger than the presidency itself? Thank you, my brother. Uh, that's a question, a million dollar question almost every Nigerian keep asking. Why can't we get this right? And uh, I will want to probably respond to that. I'm still expecting a bunch of couple of people to call in and be part of the show. And uh, uh, this is something I, I love to be contributory in nature. People should be able to, to contribute what they think. But uh, Nigeria's problem is, uh, is, uh, is it's massive, my brother. I'm going to be straight up to you that we all come out here and shine and people have the impression that we are never seen, never, we are achievers. It's because of inherent capacity in us that we have that makes us work harder. And because we come out here and find out environments that has a whole lot to, to, to get you better because you have most of these things in place. Our full gene is able to manifest and be expressed fully. But that having been said, Nigeria has been plagued because Nigeria was structured from the one to fail, to be a failed state. If you try to dig up a lot of history about Nigeria, you find out that uh, the 1914 amalgamation of the Western and Southern Protectorates uh, was a fluke by the English colonial masters to make 
they'll be able to hold that country down as much as they want, still depleted of resources, because they found out that the southern Nigeria was more complex, more eager to learn, buy education, and very independent-minded, embracing education much more. And the northern part of it, which is dominated, uh, dominantly Muslims, don't have that same capacity, but they have number, they have uh, they're very easy to, to be to be managed and pulled around the way they want it. So when a few Saturners that went to study in the UK came back, most of them like the Aziki ways, the Awolo was all came back, all of them were lawyers. They all came out singing for independence. The white folks realized and thought the only way they could keep on man manipulating Nigeria and taking what they want whenever they wanted was to now bring these two countries together and amalgamate them. And having done that, they were sure that with the dominance of, of uh, the easily manipulative uh, tendencies they had over the northern part of the country, they were able to encroach and see manipulate the, the southern part of the country. So it was a forced amalgamation. And now they were able to give all advantage to the they were able to give all the administrative advantage to the northern part of the country because they were able to advise them to go into the military and military was running almost 90 percent of countries in africa so by giving them that information they all moved in into the military and was able to control Nigeria. Can somebody just mute his phone, please? You know? <clears throat> you know, so they were able to now add over <coughs> Nigeria to this bunch of uh, the chief, I think you asked your phone, that's a that's a line, okay? They were able to now hand over the country to this bunch of northerners who did not really have the education or the tech or the knowledge capacity to manage the country. So by this being done from the onset, there was a seed of distrust that was sown into the fabric of that country. So that from day one, all component part of the country were consistently in suspicion of each other. Okay? So now that brings me to your question. Nigeria is a country with so much potential, but deliberately being twisted to be at war with itself. Because where there's no trust, Nigeria has not still evolved to a nation. It's still a country. It's still a geographical expression. So this gives everybody in the power of authority to think that this is my turn to harvest whatever I can from this particular country with all this wealth. So nobody collectively now say, okay, let us build a country of a dream and all look up to it to support us when we need it. Nigeria cannot support nobody because first of all, you must believe in the country to be able to make sure that every opportunity you have, you make sure that you make it greater and better than where you found it as a leader. So we have leaders 
who believe at every point in time that they are actually there to satisfy a particular purpose, a particular geographical area. So that is why there's always an element of let's take what I can now that is my turn. So there's no total commitment to solving some of those problems. Because if in the course of trying to, let's say, solve power problem, you must put the right person to manage the power department or the power ministry. But because of the same factor I just discussed, every location is being considered as my own opportunity, every opportunity, every position. I got to get my guy there. I need my person there because it's a lucrative point. That is why Nigeria, as it is, is what you see. I don't know if I answered your question. But, 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 okay, Let, let's <clears throat> come on straight right to this one issue. Okay, let's just say if he becomes president, he tells the, the minister of power, okay, don't you turn that power off. We don't want our city blacked out anymore. What would happen if he gave those instructions and the power was not turned off? What's the downside of that? Let what me tell happen? you, you cannot give what you don't have. Nigeria, because of the same basic reason I just discussed on the show, Nigeria has gone for almost 50 years with a so much depleted power structure that today requires a total overhaul. So we are talking about maximum capacity of 4,000 megawatts for 200 million people. Countries like China, you're talking about 50,000 megawatts or even 100,000 megawatts. So you cannot give what you don't have. So fundamentally, that is not like the turn of the light. But look at a, a, an infrastructure that was built for 70 million people 50 years ago. The country has now multiplied to 200 million people without a corresponding investment way back on that same infrastructure. You know what I'm saying? So automatically, this infrastructure is being stressed to the limit that it's got to break. So. The thing turns itself off. Not like somebody goes out, uh, they have to start uh, allocating the, the power to, you know what I'm saying, uh, rationing it and all kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. Nigeria is in need of billions of dollars to turn its power on. But <laughs> even then, even then, with billions of dollars invested, 16 billion was invested by the Obasanjo regime because of the same factor. That cannot be seen to transform into megawatts of power because the job were probably given to the wrong people who don't have the technical or the financial muscle to be able to, to deliver that, that, that job, even though the government had all the guarantees in place to make sure that the job were paid for. So we permanently had problems that are tied to nepotism, favoritism, tribalism, ethnicism, you know, and who knows who. That is, uh, so you don't have the best man doing the job at all times. You always have the wrong man in the best place. Today, Nigeria workforce is one of the worst globally in terms of productivity because for the past 30 years, 
Everybody has found a reason to put his own brother, his own cousin, his own village man in all different positions that today has become a major liability to the country. So that is really what is really hitting Nigeria back. But today we have a person in, the, in Atiku Bubuka, even though it's probably nothing part country, but he's been blessed a lot having been a former vice president and a very successful businessman of almost all his investments are in Nigeria. And he has sat down and seen that this is our problem from beginning to end. And come on straight up to say it. Before now, nobody was even going to say it at that level. Because you be scared that those that are benefiting from that situation will not want it to become anything. But today, Nigeria is evolving, it's changing. And don't forget, we're still about, about 60 years old. So there's still room for growth, but we could have done better. Are you there, Chief? Yes, I'm right here. But so <laughs> that, 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 that's what be, Money is, is, is not the issue. I mean, is. If Israel can do it, Saudi Arabia can do it, South Africa can do it, and, and with the resources that Nigeria has, and if they made the appropriate applications to the IMF, first of all, they need to raise the value of their currency up from 0 0.00276 uh, up to something that's a meaningful currency. I mean, this, this has to be structured with a real deal plan to make Nigeria a world player. And, and we're just talking one issue. We're not even talking about everything else, but, but this one issue can lead into other issues getting fixed. An energy grid can be done. You can bring in contractors from other countries that can do it. There are contractors in the United States can do it. There's contractors in China that can do it, that can come in there and it can be done at a reasonably good rate, and a country like that can make the appropriate application for the necessary funds in order to make that happen. They can generate tons and tons and tons of energy just off of the solar grid or off of the power that's in the ocean itself. <clears throat> but this problem itself is, is if there's other things that are going on, and just like here in this country, a president can only do so much himself without getting permission right. from right. somewhere. And Listen. I'm not sure if it's the same issue in Nigeria, or does the president in Nigeria have total autonomy himself, or is he being overseen by a governing body such as a Senate or a Congress or something like that? We are implementing the same pattern of government that the America is implementing, but go back to the same issue I mentioned earlier, tribalism, favoritism, ethnicity is the root of the problem. Right now, Nigeria is being led by a guy that can't even differentiate his left from his right, no. who people were calling to take over power because they felt uh, he was this guy that was very much, had so much integrity. But, you see, you can only deliver what you have. At this point, this guy is about 80, even though he claimed to be 70-something, and he's suffering from uh, Alzheimer's or schizophrenia. <laughs> I'm being honest with you, because if you go by the last two months of what has happened, 
when this guy cannot even remember that he's going is the presidential candidate, he gives up. Uh, he calls a different person as the governorship of uh, the governorship candidate uh, in different debates. He can barely articulate the question, less the answer. And uh, some people are still bent on keeping him there for another four years because he's from their part of the country. So this is a problem. We have a very Nigeria can change in 12 to 24 months with the right leadership. I'm oh. telling you, Nigerians are very intelligent. They're very smart people. They love good things. But until we are able to find that leader, just one guy who said, listen, okay, we've done all our waste. We wasted all we had. But it's time. Can someone meet this phone, please? I'm with you, man. You know what I'm saying? So, that is our problem. It is not because we don't know what's right or we cannot do it. But the, the, the office of the president of America, of Nigeria is the most powerful office in the world because of the same thing we're talking about. People exercise absolute dominance when they get to that office. So you have a wrong guy there. You have total wrong domination. You have the right guy there, which you've never had one fully committed to the cause of changing our trajectory, then Nigeria will evolve in 12 to 24 months. Down, that brings us to why we're doing the show. Because, because of the same thing I'm telling you, a lot of people from the southern part of Nigeria has migrated all over the world. Nigeria has some of the most traveled people on earth. If you go to any location and you don't find a Nigerian, you don't need to hang around there for an extra hour because no human being that's not from there can survive it. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, we have this capacity and we've been so exposed, we've been traveling all over the world, but we've never had a major role to play in finding out who leads Nigeria because that will equally give us an opportunity to contribute as diaspora to bring most of the learning even the glow, even the, the United Nations created what they call global partnership for people of African descent who lives outside Africa. That was actually done to support the growing economies like India, then and Africa, so that it, most of their of their citizens that has made it out there in different spheres of endeavor can actually repatriate their investment and territorial property to help build wherever they came from. With the 100 years, you can now go to Nigeria as a global partner so that you're protected under certain status under the United Nations. Your investment are protected. That was what was done. So now, despite that, most of these people that left the country were some of the best brains. Don't forget, it's always the best brains that lives when they had to, when there's a brain drain situation. So now we've now come together and say, listen, we can't sit down, claim to be educated, claim to be exposed, claim to be well-traveled, claim to have connection to the capital, and we can't impact the local process at home. The Greeks have, uh, have a lobby group. The Jews has a lobby group. Almost every major economy that had challenges at one time, I've had a major group in America since most of the foreign policies are defined by who is lobbying for you. But Nigeria is one that never had. So we all came together and said, listen, it's time to put our feet to the ground, redefine our relationships, and see how we can impact the process. And so out of all the guys... Brother, so, so, you know, yeah. see, the average 
uh, voter is thinking in a <clears throat> very simplistic way, like what I'm thinking right now. You know, I can't, let's like say I'm just gonna stick to one issue. I can't get electricity half of the time. That is a problem for me. I want somebody in this government to fix this issue. That's what the normal people look at. Now, if you're in tune with politics, oh, there's a whole nother backside reason to this electricity. And so the frustration level is just so high. I mean, even when my phone was just ringing a minute ago, that's from Nigeria. And uh, uh, my friends over there with children and they need support, they need help. And, and man, it's, it's, I hear the cries all the time from over there. I need this, I need that. And, and so when is the government, and it's the same issue over here because the government here don't give a damn about the people. And, um, but it just seems like in Africa, since it is such a monolithic uh, society where, you know, you may have tribal issues, but at least you don't have this racial crap that we have over here. And it just seems as though that a black nation could take care of their own. And that's the way, you know, when you look at it from a, out of a narrow window, from the guy that has to go into the voting booth and check off the box uh, for your candidate. And that's the way that they think. And the average person can't see or even understand this whole big issue behind the scenes that, oh no, we can't get electricity because it is so entangled in politics and no president preceding the new president has been able to solve that issue along with tons of other issues. But the people are starving. The people of Nigeria want to work. And like you said, Nigerians are very smart people. But when they don't have the opportunity of employment or economic, then they use that wisdom in a very destructive way. You're very correct. You're very, very correct. Uh, like you said, this country does not owe America. If you want to compare what Nigerians deal with with America, America is heaven. But that having been said, like I said, Nigeria was fundamentally structured to fail. So that oh, there will still, yeah, there's still the room you know what I'm saying? That Nigeria was structured to fail by the colonizing masters way back. And yeah. we've been struggling to redefine our direction. But when you have, it's like trying to swim in against the tide. And in the middle of that, you're still having a lot of stuff dragging you behind. It's hard to even survive. That Nigeria is still standing as one country. It's something we need to be thankful for. Because everything that has been introduced into the system was designed to hold the country back. White folks knew, just like we sit here and complain of racism, how they've been able to distort our society, use their women against us. It's the same thing these folks are doing everywhere. You know? And they knew that way back with the kind of content Nigeria was made out of that if they let these black folks thrive the way they were going, 
with the level of ambition they have, then there's serious problem. If they grow as the one unit formidable in one direction and accord, there is going to be a problem. So they deliberately set up this system based on what I just discussed with you. So, and we being the foolish black folk that did not really understand, we're just going with the flow, trying to hold our end of the bargain and creating more divide and distrust so that even if your brother sits where it could have delivered power and does not deliver power, certain part of Nigeria would never say anything wrong with that. Because, oh, that was our turn. That's our brother. He's back home. He had built a bunch of houses. has been able to empower a lot of people, send this, my kid to school, buried my, my grandmother when he died. That's it. So that's what we've been dealing with. So now, with this awakening, because like I told you, I made, this, I made this comment a lot of time in this show before, in your show even, that if Nigeria kicks, the black wall will kick. If Nigeria makes it out, the whole black wall will make it out. Today, the white folks are actually using Nigeria as a brand to brand any black man they see because it's very easy to stigmatize you. Oh, yeah, they're all scammers. But if I ask 98%, 99% of anybody who says that, have you ever been scammed by a Nigerian? I've always had a no as an answer. So the white folks find a very easy way to stigmatize the entire black race. Because for every five black folks you go and see anywhere, one or two is going to be a Nigerian. So we now define who is a black man globally. How many black Americans travel to China? How many black Americans go to Europe? I mean, you know what? But Nigerians are all living all over there. So who they see as a black man who represents you and me is a Nigerian. So now they just brand you as me as a Nigerian because it's easy to stigmatize you and have a reason to keep you away from progress. So that's why the whole black world should focus on what happens in Nigeria because Nigeria becomes the identity for the black man. We know how to show off. We love to show what we got. We work hard some, uh, to get it 98% of the time. Nigerians earn most what they earn very, very legitimately and decently. Apart from the politicians and the little kids that send all these millions of letters out there that make it look like that. So that's not who we are. And we all know. And the painful part of it, my brother, is that even the government don't even give power, but represent your people well. Defend your people internationally, which is what every country does. If somebody commits a crime like Manafort or Cohen committed a crime and they all get, get into jail, they personalize those crimes. That's Manafort. That's Cohen. That's Flynn. But if it's a Nigerian that does that, that's the whole of Nigerians. You see how do, do the media ever, look like them. Do politicians ever go to jail in, in Nigeria? What is that? Do politicians ever go to jail in Nigeria? Well, they go to jail, but it's still the same factor comes to play. Who goes to jail is a guy that does not have a voice to defend him. Let me just hear from uh, IB. IB might be able to throw some more light on this because it's something we've shared him a couple of times. IB, how are you doing, my brother? IB. Okay, I have a 424 number. Uh, you want to say something on what we're discussing today? Uh, say your name and where you're calling from. Hello. 
Okay, double chief. Yes, sir. Well, apparently, I can't get all my folks to just come on, on the line, but so that has been our problem. And until we are able to get, and like I said, the right leadership in Nigeria in 24 months, the world will be looking for what is happening in Nigeria. The world will be craving to just have a peep into what's going on because we have everything ready to run. But just that sense of leadership, leadership that is being appreciated by everybody across the country, that's what we really need. And today we have a guy we're all looking at possibly to come in and do what we're dreaming of because he's had his own bitter experience out of Nigeria. He's had a lot of blessing out of Nigeria. He's had all the experience that he can get, having been a former vice president, having been a very high rank, if it was possibly a governor at a time before he became a vice president. So until we get that done, the black man all over the world will still struggle. So I don't know, I have a guy here, 424221, are you there? Hello. Ibi, are you there? So that's what it is, Double Chief. Uh, I, will, I want to see this opportunity to equally highlight the fact that you, you guys are all listening to One on One with King Coco, running on Galaxy Talk Radio. Uh, our topic today was Diaspora have chosen Atiku Abubakar as to support as the next president of, of, the, of, of the Federation of Nigeria. What have they done and uh, what are they going to do? What can we really do collectively to create this impact and take back that country? Uh, and I can discuss here in affirmation that uh, collectively we've been able to host the campaign train of the person who was supporting Atikobo Bokai came to America, ran uh, town hall meetings in strategic locations, over six different states in America and was able to pick up a lot of information about what we can do and uh, uh, the, the interest of the diaspora in the whole stuff. And uh, they're home now and we're still looking forward to the last two weeks before this election that would define or make or mar the country to remaining one because if we have it wrong this time around, we're in for the count, and nobody thinks that's going to happen. I love to equally share the information to the fact that international organizations that has always analyzed the politics in Nigeria has given a positive uh, feedback on the candidature of who we're supporting. Uh, a lot of in social media has given a likelihood to the fact that he should win, but can we guarantee that we'll have a free and fair election? Is it going to be credible? Are people going to be allowed to vote willingly? Whoever is going to be the choice? These are all stuff we need to look at. And these are all areas the diaspora has focused on to create internet awareness uh, within the international community to compel the government of the day, which the wife of the current president came out to say, listen, my husband has been hijacked by one or two or three people. These people are running the government. And today, in the course of this election and campaigns, we can confirm to that fact that the guy that is running Nigeria does not have the, the mental capability to do it. Based on what we've seen, he can't recognize uh, people. He, he can't remember questions in a, in a regular yeah. debate, was very quick at running away from I, debates. I have, I have 
let me have a question for you. Is, Go ahead. What, what has this candidate said openly that is gives you more assurance that he will be more diligent, more prosperous, and more successful than any other preceding president? Awesome. Thank you. That's a very wonderful question because that's the basis for which you should make a judgment. And you will agree with me that most of us out here are not psychophanic in any way. We don't have anything to gain. We have everything to gain, but have nothing to lose supporting the wrong guy. Apparently, in Nigeria, we've identified a couple of areas that has to be restructured to make Nigeria work better. We've highlighted the fact that there must be a need to bring in serious level of technology to make Nigeria work better. Nigerians all agree to the fact that for the leadership to be respected, he's got to have respect across all the entities that makes up the country called Nigeria. And uh, this guy in question, before now, before he even started his campaign, and I agree to the fact that we need to restructure Nigeria because the way it was structured is not going to work. That's why we can't trust each other. The component unit in Nigeria has to, just like America operates, we try to operate like America, but we are not doing what America is doing. Every state is independent of its laws. Every state has to be able to attract its own investors. If nobody goes to Washington every month to get a location to go and share, which is what happens in Nigeria. And this guy is speaking that language. Niger government must disinvest in companies, in holding interest in such companies, or very marginal interest just to be relevant to contribute and not own the whole thing because everything the country owns as a whole doesn't work. All the multi-billion dollar companies that were running, owned by Nigeria, that were being run by Nigerians, had all gone on the ground. But people's investment have not gone on the ground. But anything that has to do with government, nobody has regard for it. Everybody just want to deplete it as much as it can. So this guy is speaking the language that we all think, if implemented, will solve Nigeria's problem by 80%. And that's all we really need. There's no country that has goes with no problem. We all have problems. All countries have problems. But you cannot have problems that 95% when you're down. You can barely survive in that condition. So that is why we're supporting this guy. He believes Nigeria must be restructured. He believes Nigeria must use a lot of technology to be able to reduce the human factor. He believes Nigeria must be governed in an equitable way that every part of Nigeria is represented. Like, man, the guy we have there, man, everybody around Nigeria now is from one part of the country. And this is the part that is highly educationally disadvantaged. These are people that basically are not exposed to the to the contemporary technology that is being deployed to make individuals richer than ExxonMobil or Shell. So we need someone who is still pretty an older guy because to, for you to put up a young man to be able to win election in Nigeria is like passing a camel through the eye of a needle. Because first of all, you must have the financial muscle. Election in Nigeria is even more expensive than in this country. Because you must be able to fly over the entire country. You must be able to everywhere you go spend tons of money. Not like here, you just go do your speak, send your send a few gift items, and that, that's it. And you just go and talk and let people judge you based on your precedent and antecedent. And we don't have a good database that will be able to bring a lot of people's history to the forefront.
So it's a country you could do something today. After 10 years, you just come out as if you're very, you did nothing wrong 10 years ago. And there's no way anybody can pull those information out. If one guy tries to push that information out, as long as you have the money, you can kill that information without going far. So Nigeria is a very, very unique country that something has to be done. And it, my, the sad part of it, the impact it has across the entire, entire black race. What is the candidate's uh, background? Uh, basically, this guy was uh, uh, this guy was in the custom service uh, in Nigeria, and I left custom way back and as contested to be the president way back in 1999, 93 way back. Uh, he was a pretty young guy then, though, and I has consistently been in the corridors of power, which is typical in Nigeria. People that have not been able to manage a small business are the people that are managing the country. People that have the capacity, that are proven to manage big enterprises, never have a chance to manage the country. Nigeria is the only country that you have never, you probably could say it's always ruled by people that never went have, have a college degree. And yet we are, we are running around as the most educated uh, diaspora community. So we have, uh, we have the capacity, but those people never have a chance because the election process is so expensive and everybody that has been able to get into office has done nothing but find every way and corner to keep himself in that office even when he has nothing to deliver to the entire generation of the people so politics over there is not really about the people it's not even about the country it's about your self-preservation that has to change for nigeria to move forward i'm giving you the inside belly of nigeria right now that if it doesn't change then it's going to be hard to move Nigeria forward. And my biggest fear, my biggest fear, I'm going to say, is Nigeria going into a catastrophic situation. 200 million people will be hard to contain in any language you want to call it. You know, so I'm in total support of the diaspora effort to play a major role in what happens in Nigeria. Because without getting together out here, to do what we're trying to do. Because a lot of people at home have lost confidence, have lost capacity to challenge the system that way. And it's only going to get to one point that it becomes so unbearable that it's going to explode. And that explosion can break up that country into many more parts, not just one country anymore. I don't know if, Ivy, Ivy are you back in the system? Can we hear from you, boy? I think he went out to the bush. I think 424 is on. I think they're watching. Yeah, 424, are you on now? Can we hear from you on what we'll be discussing? Welcome to 101 of King Coco. Hello. Is anybody there who wants to contribute to that discussion, sir? So, Double Chief, I thank you for being on the line, though, because it means I probably would have been singing my song alone, hoping that people on the internet would be able to download and full our discussion. Well, I will expect another caller on 302. Uh, 302, that's priceless. 302, are you there, ma'am? How are you? <laughs> wow, I like this. What is your bike? You see? Okay. She's not with us. Screaming. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Let's see, what does it say? You're that fan. So, Double Chief, that is the story of my country. But, yeah. <laughs> and I bet you, 
something is going to happen to save that. Something has always happened at this kind of position in Nigeria to hold it down. But we have a guy like you really ask, why do you think this guy can solve Nigeria's problem? And I just highlighted it. Nigeria must be restructured. The component part of that country must not depend on one part that has the oil. Everybody has something. Before this situation and the present way the way things are done, every part of Nigeria brought something to the table. You have agriculture at one end, you have uh, granite on one end, and solid minerals, and you have a lot of other opportunities to the south, uh, the oil to the south. The West people had a lot of finance, knowledge on the financial sector. Most of the big banks, we started from that end. So let's go back to that structure that everybody had to strengthen his own self to attract people to their area. Not because now Nigeria is run in a way where every month end people go to the center to collect a location to go and administer their, their states. Who does that? Nobody does Hello. that. Yes, ma'am. Uh, what's your name and where you calling from? And then you go ahead and do your contribution, ma'am. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. You? Uh, my name is Dr. Scholastica Ilogalo. I'm calling from California. Awesome. Welcome on the show, ma'am. Thank you very much. I'm sure you're calling from uh, Diaspora for Atiku. Yes, I am calling for that. <laughs> Awesome. Yes. Um, uh, my name is Atai. I'm in that, I'm that same platform with you. I appreciate you calling in. Go ahead, ma'am. You've been with us. I know you've been listening for a while now. Yes. Um, my own take to this is like, we, in anything in life, it's like you have to go back to the rules. That's the way I look at it. If everyone, just like starting from the family, in anything that's happening in the community and in society, you have to, you have to, something to do with the family. If you start from the family, we move up. So if everybody is individual, I know my, my, some people might, be think, might think that I'm just um, speaking to the choirs or something like that. But that's the reality of life. <laughs> no, that's yes. okay. The reality, the reality of life is that people should look in, inside them, themselves and see their, their conscience and see whatever they're doing, are they doing it genuinely? Is this something that is right? Because if everyone had to go by their conscience, conscientization, that's my own thing. If everybody do that, then the whole society will be good. And another thing is that most of the time we discuss all this, but there's usually no implementation. Even if we have something out there to do, but it's like we talk about it, talk about it, but we don't implement it. And again, Nigeria is a big country, quite all right. And I'm sure there are people that command that country. I mean, there are people that are in areas of uh, maybe leadership area that can look into it and see what the problem is. I mean, being able to put it together and take care of the, um, and strategize what needs to be done instead of everyone just maybe talking from their own end. Those mm -hmm. people, there are people that are intelligent. Everybody is intelligent, quite all right. If there are people in specific areas they need to come together and put everything, just have a talk or have a discussion and see what can be done. I think that's, that's, apparently, apparently you're on point, ma'am. You're, you're, you're not far from the truth. That's why we all came together as diaspora to see if we can put our weight behind one person. Is the intelligent people without money, without political connection, without political goodwill, will never win election in Nigeria. Even the country like America, 
where the election process is as transparent with so much integrity to it that anybody could just decide to say, I want to go for election. I hit the street, print my flyers, print my posters I put on the field out there. And people will start asking questions based on how you respond. They believe you can do it and they give it to you. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't work like that where we come from. That's why there's this young man, uh, Soware, who he's, he's, he's very, the guy that owns Sahara Report, Sahara Reporters, who could actually make based on what he says, it could be a very good leader, but he's got no capacity. He's awesome. He's got followership, which is limited. So it's, it's not really about that we don't have the brain. We have the brains. But being yeah, in the brain politics, is wasting. It's wasting. It's, that, that's the problem. That's why I was setting up this show. I'm going to run this show for the next Sunday as well, because <laughs> I wanted to have most of us in that diaspora forum as much because there are certain things we've not been able to discuss how do we make sure that this guy we're supporting will come in and do the right thing how do we know that most of the ideas we have can be implemented with this guy we're supporting what are the collective key performance indices you want to push to them because Everybody cannot even be an appointee. What kind of projects can be done that will benefit the diaspora financially, economically, social, and otherwise? How can we build a branding platform like what we're doing here? If we're on mainstream media, do you know that Nigeria, Africa as a whole, is the only continent that has no radio TV station in America? So whatever they say about you is what people believe about you. It's about the the media is a bad perception, you know. Let me go to IB. IB, come on, man. I want you on this week because your perspective is always very exciting to listen to. My brother, how you doing? Uh, well, blessed. Uh, thank you very much for having me on uh, Galaxy Talk Radio and 101 with King Coco. So thank you, King Coco. I'm good. And I've been hearing what you've been talking about, you know, pretty much uh, what can we do going into that uh, environment that is taking for answers. I think you've said quite a, a bit, and uh, quite a, enough ideas floating around. What I could see where we could head on is how do we synergize with the incoming government? If they're willing to, uh, to be receptive to what we're offering, we offer micro uh, factories that will create no good, uh, no jobs, right? You know, where it's needed because of our remittances and all that stuff. But we do have uh, collaborators and uh, business partners that we go in with. Like you were saying, the infrastructure is needed. If the diaspora doesn't have a stronghold of an infrastructure in ground in the country, and the way we do have here, I think uh, it's a joke because anything that we propose over there is going to be pretty much as a convented and then nothing gets done at the end of the day. There's no progress. Uh, well, thank you, uh, Ivy. I totally agree with you. But uh, you see, first of all, like I keep saying, we must first of all be one voice from the diaspora community. Because a lot of times, you know, we, we because of the distrust that we always we know that was introduced into Nigeria from the fabric of its of its amalgamation, that is one of the things that's haunting Nigeria till tomorrow. 
and it will take the right leadership and the, the right thinking to be able to look at that limitation because Nigerians are very easygoing people. Nigerians are very law-abiding people. We are very, we are so, we are not even violent, apart from certain part of that country that has showed that tendency. But the bulk of Nigerian society, it's we just love hospitality. We love to be happy. Now, at the point, Nigerians were some of the happiest people on in on earth, based on uh, credible analysis. Nigerians are seen as some of the most uh, exciting people to be around. But collectively as a nation, we've not been able to show that. So that's why I still believe in this diaspora movement that we've been able to jumpstart. And we are aware that the guy in question acknowledges the potential of diaspora community because I watched him in the last uh, te televised uh, broadcast meeting the candidates. And he really laid a lot of emphasis on areas that I think if he comes in there and he keeps his head cool at his age, I don't know what should excite him anymore. Just like the guy we have here who is barely sleeping. I wish he was even sleeping because he's awake, but he's sleepwalking, which doesn't help yeah. anybody. You know. He's not sleepwalking. He's in life support. The woman is stupid. The woman is not campaigning. He said, man, African men, Nigerian men, wake up. <laughs> so, I'm so I'm so I'm so disappointed, man, that people will still see what that guy has to offer and still want him to be a president. So that two or three people who sit behind and still manipulate the entire system will still do what they're doing. But I think um, somehow nature's always had a way to come to the rescue of that country because God loves that country. We are very religious. I don't know if religion is even becoming a cause to us because everything that happened out outside when it comes to nigeria has an opposite reference so it's really really scary yeah. to see some of the development go ahead let me throw something out you have this platform and i'm a preacher for uh, pretty much going micro and nano cool. the ones we call micro and nano and organic in the african society will be able to duplicate the multiplicity what we're doing with the uh, radio uh, platform with the television and the movie is already there take it to the colleges put one in every uh, uh, at least couple of uh, geopolitical zones inside colleges let the uh, youth start talking to themselves and bringing out getting away sensitizing the people within the uh, uh, the community the local government and stuff you go going to have a sensitization. You'll be able to move products with ease and be able to cultivate ideas and, and stuff. Look at the Sahara reporter. That guy is doing good. So you go with, uh, 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 and harmonize with what the uh, PDP flag bearer. I'm not, you know, I don't play sentiments. I know who the uh, Trump uh, team is. With Peter B as an entrepreneur, uh, the PDP candidate at Elijah Chico Abubakar as an entrepreneur, and, and then is aligned with the U.S. So what the diaspora should do is find our representatives and tell them, hey, we're going in and we're going in there to do business. So they support us with the uh, Commerce Department, 
exam, you know, uh, uh, guarantees, OPIC, and all that stuff. All these things are here. Uh, okay, cool, Ivy. Look at the back on the sign that Peter B is preaching small, medium enterprises and micro, you know, uh, you know, finance and all that stuff. So, so let me just let, let me just let me just come in. Let me just come in here, Madam. Are you still there? I'm here. Okay, I want to find out because we 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 just had to reduce the the, the duration for the show to an hour thirty minutes because of the Super Bowl, so people could go back and enjoy themselves in what they love to do. What are the recommendations at this time? I know we've been in so many meetings. We do meetings two three hours. What recommendations do you now think? We should now start preaching to diasporans to do within the next two weeks to be able to support the emergence of Article Abubakar. Um, I would say that all has had to be on deck. Everybody has to participate in encouraging other people. We here in diaspora can send messages to our loved ones and friends in Nigeria awesome. constant reinforcement telling them to come out in mass to vote and making sure they all have their PV and um, just encourage them that every vote counts. That is right. like if you do not vote, some other candidate that we don't prefer might win the race because of your vote. So just um, pleading to their part, they were using battles to plead to them to encourage them to do that. And again, um, I know the, the candidate we are, we are vying for, Atiku, mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. what I've heard, and even though I don't know much, but from what I've been hearing, like when we had a conference before, like he right. managed a place and he was an entrepreneur, and then he, was, he has this, this scale of determination and resilience, and not giving up you know what he does and i'm sure when he applied that in his uh, business he should be able to apply that too in governing the country even though people say business and government leadership is not the same but there should be some aspect of those virtues that can be applied too so all the talents we have here in diaspora if people can be um kind to themselves and not say oh nigeria i don't want to deal with nigeria it's our country we have a place it's to our go country. to well, that's right. people are looking for a place to go to, and we, we want to desert our own place. Oh, we're no longer, Nigeria is not a place. But all hands have to be on deck to make it a good place. So we should tap into those talents everywhere. Pass all awesome. information, people should contribute. Yeah, everybody is unique in their own way, and those right. contributions can make a difference. Um, awesome. Coming to the, like you said, Nigeria is like for everything, like a church. You know, like when I was talking about conscience, I know we all go to church and we there are so many churches out there, but individual as a person relationship with God or whatever you however you, you play it, not just in a group. That matters. So my own is I said I keep on saying conscientization it has to come from within each individual right. to be able to make a drop of water we continue to make a river. So it just yeah. everybody making their own impact from the home parents to their children. The, the virtue that need to because we have a generation coming after us when we leave. What legacy are we leaving? It's scary. It's very scary. Just be there, be there, just be, just be existing. Because right. we have to be asked questions about what do we do. We can't let look at things happening everywhere. 
So we need to talk about that, knowing about the conscience, knowing to do the right thing. I think that's right. where it begins. Awesome. Thank you very much. I totally agree with you. You guys are all on one on one with King Coco Show, running on Galactic Talk Radio. Uh, we're talking about uh, diaspora involvement in Nigeria's election. We know that whatever happens in Nigeria impacts on the whole black race globally. Like I was saying earlier, they decided to use the typical black man in Nigeria to present a typical black man because you wouldn't see an African American in Europe, you wouldn't see an African American in Brazil. It, a lot of times it's going to be someone from the continent of Africa. And two out of five every African is a Nigerian today. And we all agree to that fact. So Nigeria defines who the black man is seen as. And the world sees the fact that Nigeria not being able to protect itself, project itself as an entity. We've been opened up to so much persecution. I think we are the most persecuted people globally today after what happened to the Jews some years back. And uh, we cannot continue like that. So we as diaspora stepping up into the foray to say, let's put our weight behind a particular person. Uh, IB, how can we hold a government that you support to bring in place? I've been in support of bringing governments in place in my state. Uh, I still sit here as I'm sitting here. My, I have a younger brother who's a senator that I have my, a lot of bone to grind with because I think they can do more, but apparently they, they, they do less because there is no check and balance. There's no performance indices. Policies are not made to be implemented. So how can we change this narrative, IB? Let me just ask you on that before we get out of here. Are you there? Apparently, it's not there. Okay, so, ma'am, I'm going to just come in like this. We've done a lot. We've done a bit. There's still a lot to be done in the next two weeks. And uh, we have not been able to actually sit with the president, incoming president, and have projects or programs that we can see that will, which, which will win next year. Look at uh, welfare program. Look at... Uh, uh, employment programs, look at all kinds of programs are out here. We look at even uh, the retirement programs. We don't have anything like that. Everybody's just on its own. And apparently, if this yeah. government comes in, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. want to say something? Yeah. There's something I needed. That... And... Okay, when you finish. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, yeah, like you said, I just overheard something you said. If the right. government the 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 incoming president himself or with his cabinet and all that if they can can get some information from people in diaspora by doing uh, practicing what is called total quality management so right. everybody from all nooks and corners not necessarily the leaders or whoever even though mm -hmm. the little ones even the people that the clean, the or clean the house mm -hmm. everybody the mm -hmm. can make some impact they should be involved in those meetings right. because they have their own minute something to bring to the table that will help to reduce costs and help to move the value. country where it should mm -hmm. be. So total quality, quality management should be applied. Nobody should be neglected. Everybody is unique. Should be given opportunity For real. to air their own view if it's possible. So each maybe local or whoever can just get people's view and compile it and see where the problem or where people are hurting. And they'll be able to, because sometimes the people at the leadership level, they are there sitting down on their desk. They don't know what's going on below. 
Because there's no, no. way to go there to the lower level to get some information from them to see what the problem is that they're going through. It's not going to work so well. So total quality management should be applied in all we're doing. Uh, Ma'am, um, for your information, I, I work in the industry similar to what you're talking about. I am an agile transformation coach with Equifax, and my job is to consistently analyze a production process to look at where we could improve, be it the process or the engineering or the team that is behind delivering this this value. So basically, what you're saying is to tell you something I understand. And I call it grew up in Nigeria a lot, and I can tell you that our problem is not that people don't find, don't have these ideas, but the leaders, because of their low capacity intellectually, will consider a contribution you make to be something like you're looking down on the ability to think. So they don't even want to hear it because they cannot think of it. And so doing, they don't want to give you no credit. Let them do it and take yeah. credit for all I care. You don't even mind, but they won't do it. So do I know the think... transformational leadership is what is needed, right. not transactional right. leadership. Right. It's so about yeah, it's about if... transformation. If you know where you now and where you want to be the next 10 years, what do you have to do? Where are your areas that you have identified as your bottleneck in your workflow system or your production system? And then how do you address those workflow based on priority basis? That is how. Today, do you know, let me share information with you. I was in Nigeria almost eight months ago, the last time I went, and uh, I work in the software industry, managing software teams to make them do better for, for the company I work for. And I tried to find out if there's any knowledge of the agile methodology framework, which is trending like crazy in America, Europe, India. No one in Nigeria has a clue about it. Why would such a thing that is happening in all over the world, helping the world deliver value faster, incrementally, at a cheaper cost to guarantee that objective and business strategies are met, not even be aware in Nigeria? But I bet you people are earning fat money in the name of doing the same thing I'm talking about. But none of them have a clue of what's happening outside. And Nigeria has been operating as a silo independent of the global part when you say something you say man we don't want to but i don't want this is nigeria what well, nigeria is part of a global entity that is impacted by the same value the same issue that impacts global issues are you not in technology are you not in hospitality are you not in healthcare it's it's the same thing that brings value you know what i'm saying so that is something yeah. that i would love you see i'm in the group i have a personal relationship with shego show with me and uh, I hope he will be in a position to help diaspora touch down properly with how they can improve that place. And to be honest with you, like I keep saying, the right leadership in Nigeria will turn Nigeria around in 24 months the way nobody ever thought is possible because everybody is tired. The rich is tired. The poor is tired. The sick is tired. The old is it tired. Shouldn't be tired. Shouldn't be tired. No, no, they but, they are, but man, there's no way. You see, we can say, oh, one, but it's true that every, no, tired not to do something, but tired of the problems, which could actually be managed mm. with a better leadership, a, leader, a better approach to, to, to management and, and sustainability of whatever we're doing. But yeah, we've not been lucky. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> We've not been lucky to have that in place. So I believe that we will be able 
to have an inroad. Because to be honest with you, man, I'm from a choir and I have a speaker who has never been employed. 70% of the entire House of Assembly has never held a job. How can these people create jobs? And that happens in the entire strata of political landscape of, of Nigeria. We are being managed by the worst that we can afford. So it's not going right. to be easy. And once those guys get into the system, they lock themselves in never to come out. As long as they move from House of Assembly to House of Reps, they find a way to go to the Senate. And from Senate, they want to be the governor. And now from governor, from people are going back to the Senate. Come on. So you can't even survive outside the corridors of power. So that's the problem we have. And I, I love to, what's your name again, ma'am? I'm Dr. Scholastica Kilogalo. Okay, ma'am. I'll track you down after the show. So that's yeah, what we're to do because... when he came to California too. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. I, I met him in Dallas. I couldn't make California because I had worked too. So fundamentally, we have been able to support Article so far. But if you ask everybody there, what is the plan to get them to implement what is going to help change the society? Nobody will have that answer for you. Everybody will not be appointed. It's not possible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but Nigeria mm -hmm. has the most thriving creative industry that could produce, be it music, be it um, Nollywood, be it fashion, be it a food, be it a faith that we can export. So that's if we can, can also involved. stop. What do you say? If we can also stop uh, nepotism. Well, you can't stop it. You have the right leader. Who knows that having the right people in the right places helps you product produce. That's a problem. We are mm -hmm. running a country with the worst we can afford. People that, okay, the current CJN that Abuari just appointed, Islam, Islamic, Islamic, Islamic uh, lawyer. What is he going to do? You know, so we have a fundamental problem that has to be taken care of. And I just pray that what we're doing, yeah, we our effort will be crowned with that opportunity because it's not really about us. Like my friend that left the show just said, our children today, are yeah, being seen. In fact, they tell people they are Nigerian, not Americans. My kids were all born here, but I, I, I said, Bobby, you are an American. Why did I introduce them? And I just said that I think I'm, an, I'm a Nigerian. So now we are going to leave these liabilities for that generation, Definitely. for which there's no fault of theirs. They are not yeah. in any way thinking from that Nigerian perspective. But the stigma now holds sticks on them. Is that fair? And the irony okay. is that nobody at home understands what people in diaspora deal with every day being Nigerians. Because if they did that, the fact that you're a Nigerian, you work in the workplace, you must prove yourself, first of all, that you can do the job. Two, you must prove yourself, secondly, that you have integrity. That, that's what I'm saying, <laughs> that you're not in, you have the integrity. And then before they now start falling in love with you all over the corner, I say, whoa, 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 whoa. I know. You know? They look at everybody because... to be the same, that we're all criminals. And, it's and like how many people are criminals, prove... madam? How many Nigerians are criminals? Yeah, no, then... not all of them are criminals. But it's no, it's like that 1% that's giving us the bad name. But because we have a system yeah. that does not protect you, and protect you, the right image for us. Many, do you know many Nigerians claim that they are Cameroonians or Ghanaians? They oh, no. say that they are Nigerians. I know, I know that, I know that, because 
we have been able to have a system that does not protect what he has. I spoke with Shego. I said, listen, if by God's grace, God gives the opportunity to, to be in that opportunity, you are not a media person for the press, and we need total rebranding. Af Africa needs a leader. And it's only a Nigerian leader that could be accepted globally as a black person, because we, they know we have the capacity, have the everything to be able mm -hmm. to lead. Africa needs a leader, not just a Nigerian leader. We need an African leader. You know what I'm saying? Why don't we have television station two, three, or four spread across this country? Chinese, uh, Chinese has their own. Uh, uh, this, this channel that uh, ladies watch, this is their show. Uh, this is a Spanish channel. That is why Spanish people have been able to correct their image. You cannot yeah, just take anything out there. You have, to yeah. start, you have to start from the root. That's what I'm talking about. When there's no electricity, they might, it might be difficult for them to run that. So we need to think about having that you know, electricity. I don't know if they... No, I mean here, I mean here in this country, not in Nigeria. I mean here in this country. And probably oh, okay, one okay. in Europe, one in UK, and probably one even China. You must be able to tell people your story. Our story is being told by people that don't can't stand us, and they can't tell the right story about you. You know what it is. You know what I'm saying. So at Again, the end Nigeria of the day, has a little problem of um, tribalism. Everybody wants to be. Uh, what we yeah, we we, we look at that issue. from the foundation. But <laughs> Madam, those those problems boils down to the head. If you have a head, that's a listen. We are one country and genuinely shows that we are one country. Everybody's represented in every situation as it should be. That will disappear in months. I know Nigerians, we love good things. We love the best thing to happen to us, but we look up to the head to give us that right direction. You know what I'm saying? It's not like today in a contemporary America where the whole idea has come from the bottom up because America and the agile thinking and meta, um, uh, framework now is, those that are actually doing the job should project how to do it. Not people sitting in the air-conditioned office with suits and ties yeah, telling you quality. what you should do. So, so mm -hmm. that's the whole idea. That's the whole idea. That is feel like working. So I totally understand where you're coming from. So that having been said, man, I appreciate you calling in. Apparently, out of all the folks I've been able to, I was trying to get to be part of the show, this is the attitude we're talking about. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Can you see that you, you make all the effort to get it done? Some people just think, what is that? I just want to shine on us. You know what I'm saying? We think very myopically. We think from a very little brain's perspective that makes people easily shy away from their responsibilities. So we can't even get genuine contributions, you know? But all the same, I thank you for tuning in to one-on-one -on -one with King Coco today, and uh, it's going to be very historic. This show is recorded. We have millions of viewers online that follow up our show. You can download the show. You log into t25cl.com, go into Galaxy Talk Radio, and click on one-on-one -on -one with King Coco. You can see most of our shows and what we've been trying to do, trying to bring people of African descent together to share ideas, contribute, and clear some misinformation so we can find time to start working with each other like every other race and tribe out here because that is what has been keeping us apart they've deliberately kept us apart so we cannot bring our synergy together so i appreciate you calling the on this show i do the show 5 p.m every sunday same time okay. and uh, so I, I how does one to... listen to this this race that this particular one that i mean how do you disseminate the information i mean how do you 
I can download it. I can download it. It's downloadable. If I just get into archives, I could download this show and share it on uh, on YouTube and it's streaming on YouTube on Facebook right now as we're talking on our page. Okay. So uh, it can actually be downloaded to listen. I have this about my thirty something show since it started, and uh, I've had some very good responses. A lot of contribution from a lot of African Americans love it because they're looking for where to get the right answers about a lot of their questions. And I try to be as sincere as possible. No, no grudges bad on whatever questions you ask. We just look at it as information that has to be provided or corrected. So I thank you very much, Scholastica, for being part of the show today. And uh, I look forward to to having you back. I love to have you. I don't know which field of endeavor you are because we do a lot of health uh, administration. Health awesome. administration. Awesome. My wife is a nurse too. So. Uh, we have a lot of shows, you know, career opportunities, education, awareness, creating awareness in the oh, required I'm, I'm areas. Looking for, I'm, trying to, I'm looking for a job, so if you have anyone. <laughs> also, oh, you're out there in California. That's far from me. I'm in Atlanta. I know. So, you can connect. <laughs> no problem, ma'am. I'll keep in touch with you, and uh, you, you you have on the same platform, so I'm sure I'll find time. You know, I'll go do another show for Article next week, same time. I want to believe the Super Bowl probably kept a lot of people out of it today. So thank everybody for tuning in. I look forward to having everybody back same time, same day next week. So we can continue seeing how the impact of diaspora can be felt and actually help to change the course of trajectory of the Nigerian society. Thank you, everybody, and have a wonderful Super Bowl. Uh, enjoy yourselves, and I look forward to having you guys back. Hey, can I get your name correctly? I mean, just to be. Oh, my name is Atai. My name is Atai, Atai. Albert. Mm -hmm. okay. okay. Are you in the, in the group? Uh, in the group, I, I think that should be the name. I don't think there's any other different name. I don't know how they saved it there. So, I mean, are you in the conference, the group, uh, the WhatsApp? Yeah. Group? Yeah. I'm, 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 I was one of the first, the first 12 people that started that movement. Yeah, I've always been there. Um, okay. in the media team as well. Which are you the media team too? I'm new today. I just, um, oh, no problem, no problem. Man. We've yeah. been working hard yeah. on this, and uh, we just pray that uh, we're able to do the little we can to change our story, my sister. So we're good at that. Okay, okay? thank you. I'll right. keep thank in touch with you. Much. And uh, my numbers are there 470 number on that. You can reach me anytime, okay. and we just keep talking. Okay, all right, thank you very much. Take care of yourself, man. Bye bye. Okay, bye-bye.